welcome, 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 podcast listeners. It is episode number 251 of the Fret Talk podcast. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. That's me. You are also joined by Lee. Say hi, Lee. That's me. Woo. It is. It's been a, it's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute. How are you, my chap? Um, yeah, I'm all right, mate. I'm, um, I've been a bit busy, so sorry for my um, vacancy. But, yeah, I am here. Uh, you're always vacant. It's, uh... Yeah, I was just thinking that. I was like, sorry for my vacancy. It's just like state way of life here, isn't it? <laughs> state of play. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, but, hey, it's good to have you back. Um, yeah, we, are, we are joined only by Lee this week. Uh, we've got a very, very busy Matt Wine, um, who is basically doing TT, uh, as we talked about last week. And Mr. Josh, oh my gosh, he's, uh, he's off on his jollies, isn't he? Yeah, I'm 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 quite jealous by our co about I'm quite jealous of our co hosts. Um because I would love to do the Isle of Man TT because as you know I'm a very passionate motorcyclist. Um and fucking motorcycle. I'm a very passionate biker. <laughs> <laughs> um and I'm also quite a big Ramstein fan. And um, you know, Josh is obviously in Ramstein, so I'm yeah, yeah. Jealous. I am the green-eyed monster today. Yeah, I mean, Matt shared a picture of the um, of the opening show that he did. Um, it was earlier this week. It was about Tuesday or Wednesday time, wasn't it? It was like a full-on, full-on outdoor stage. It was wicked. Well, TT hasn't happened for a couple of years. So nothing's happened for a couple of years, um, and he's. Um, yeah, I suppose everyone's kind of like, oh, finally, I can get back into the TT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said it was the same stage that the um, the professional bands are going to be using later on in the week. Primal Scream were playing on it, weren't they? <laughs> don't mention the scream. Don't mention the scream. <laughs> oh man, I I really do like Primal Scream a lot, and um, yeah. So that conversation was quite interesting, but um, apparently they weren't playing to a particularly big audience because they overpriced the tickets. Indeed. But That's there you go. You shame. win some, you lose some, don't you? And, and um, they lost some. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it will probably be the last um, last appearance on the Isle of Man for Primal Scream. Hmm. Well, you know, I would say it's a shame, but it doesn't affect me. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it clearly doesn't. Right. So we got we we got some stuff we've been doing this week. We usually start off the podcast by indulging in our self. Um, I'm going to start off this week. I think because, that's a good idea. Because why not? So uh, literally today, we are we're recording the podcast on a Friday. So when I mean, that's that's Unusual. later than usual, yeah. So literally today, dropped a video for the Boss DS2 on my channel. The um, yeah, so it's like iconic grunge um, pedal. It is. It's supposed to be. Um, Kurt Cobain in a box. But I mean that happens. Yeah. I mean he did he used it. Um but the um the the thumbnail for the video is a little bit um, a little bit clickbaity, a little bit controversial. It's pointing to like this the knob on the pedal going not good. <laughs> yeah. I had to put a laugh emoji in that cuz uh, cuz that's how I roll cuz I'm an, I'm an 8-year-old girl. Um 
but uh, I had to put the the laugh emoji in there because it was uh, I I knew it was coming, but when I saw it, I, I'd forgotten about it for a while, and, and it did. It made me giggle. So hopefully, it made a lot of other people giggle. Yeah, um, yeah. Hopefully, like staunch uh, DS2 um, lovers don't get offended by it. Oh, hopefully they do, and then they go on a rant about it because <laughs> that'd be fun as well. I mean, like there's there's been a few pedals over the over the years that I've got a bit of flack about. One of the biggest ones that I uh, I still get flack to this day uh, is the Rowan uh, F. I think it's like FZO one or something like that. It's basically like a um, a violet um, ram's head big muff clone, which is not the best big muff to start off with, and it's not a particularly great version. And the title for this video, I've put as A Reason to Hate Fuzz. And I get so much, so much flack these days of people who love that pedal who just go, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. It sounds great. Like, well, it's got maybe like two or three usable sounds within it, but it's got a lot of kind of horrible mushiness. I mean, and... Uh, and- kind of digging my own grave here that's the downside of youtube videos is you put it into a different rig it's going to sound amazing yeah and like all of our ears are different as well to some people that is the pinnacle of tone for me it was a like i played that pedal and didn't want to play fuzz uh for a good year <laughs> like it was one of my first fuzz pedals and i played it and just thought this is horrendous yeah. so I know what you mean. You know, we we had this chat, didn't we? Where I was saying, like, out of my hundred pedals, I've more, more or less hundred pedals. I've got about four fuzzes. Yeah, uh, which is like, I, I'm with you, man. There's only a few fuzz sounds which I I I really like or really want, and they're usually pretty extreme. Yeah, I mean, I I tend to like um, the the more vintage sounding fuzz. Uh, the the kind of the bar that I aim for is the the silicon raise the dead by Tate Effects because it is just it's like a first face with the best setting with both controls turned up so you kind of saturate in the transistors uh, and it's it's got that kind of immediate attack that the Germanium one doesn't and it has a little bit more gain as well sounds really good I think that's that's kind of the bar that that I judge other fuzzies by. Um yeah. and the the Rowan just does not stack up to like to me, it doesn't stack up to that fuzz. Uh but yeah, so the DS2 I think the like mode one on it, which is like the non-turbo mode, is really similar to the DS1. But I th- I perceive it to have more of a dynamic range. So like the lower gain settings are lower and more open sounding. And the higher gain settings push it even further. So it's almost like a, a wider gain sweep. And you you can get this really open dynamic sound. And then you look as you're pushing that gain, you can feel the compression bringing the dynamic range in and in and in until it just becomes like super, super saturated, which is really cool. Um, I, I was digging that. I thought, like, mode one, absolutely excellent. And if they left it at that, fantastic. 
it's when they've got these mode switches, you don't have to use the other modes. Yeah, and and like if I was using it on my pedal board, which I I could quite easily do, um, I would use it in mode one. I'd set it kind of just under halfway with a, a load of that dynamic range, but a bit of that kind of blues drivery upper upper mid crunch, and it would be fantastic. It'd do exactly what I wanted it to do. Um, but being uh, on the no talk or tone, we go through all of the tones on it, and I had to use the the turbo mode, and it sucks. It sucks big time. Uh, it sounds it sounds a bit like a a range master circuit being pushed into the front end of a DS one, and it's it's a tone like the the. Re- some bits of it which you're kind of almost getting on board with, but largely it's really shrill, it's really nasal, and it's it's tough. It's a tone that even its mother would struggle to love. Sounds HM2 y. Pardon? Like a HM2. Why is that shrill and nasal and tough? It can to... be. It's, uh, but. Yeah, I just wonder. It's kind of like the impression I got hmm. uh, from, from your description. I haven't listened to it, um, but I, I will watch the video indeed. I, I just want to say, you know, if you do want to go and try what um, what you're describing as the uh, the best fuzz on the planet, being the Razor Dead, if you want to go and try that for yourself on um, the nineteenth of June, you will have an opportunity. You can pop over to FX Expo. Go to FX Expo, that's fxepxpo.co.uk, and uh, all the information as to location, that sort of thing, are on there as well. It's only in the UK, but do check it out because uh, that's being run by a bunch of our friends, and a bunch of our friends are going to be there, plus a whole lot of other companies, and it's all going to be effects related. So, yeah, go and check that out. Yeah, yeah, there's some really cool stuff going on with um, FX Expo, actually. We mentioned it. Um, Previously, I think we mentioned it when Alex was last on, didn't we? Or was that? Or have we talked to him about it since? Um, I can't remember. There's loads of things there, though. Do you want me to go through the, the list, or, or? Um, quite a lot? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's not. But I, I know that I'm going to be there. I think Josh is going to be there as well. And the thing that kept like keeps striking me because I'm I'm uh, like friends with the FX Expo Instagram. He keeps sharing, uh, like the the exhibitors list. He like shares one or two of them every every day or so, um, and because it's a smaller expo, rather than these big ones like the one at the Bingley Hall and like the Olympia and that, the um, like smaller manufacturers are uh, are coming along. They've been been tempted to uh, like exhibit their wares, which is fantastic. So it means that I get to see a bunch of like pedal manufacturers that I've like been been watching online and and looking for and and whatnot. I never really had the chance to to hear their stuff in person. I'll be getting to see those soon. So that's really cool. Yeah, yeah it is. It's very very cool. Uh, and you know, um, with any luck, we'll be able to do some demos of some of the stuff on there because there's some companies on there we've not dealt with before. Um, and there's a lot of companies that we have dealt with before who you've not met. So, like Emergy, for instance. Oh, nice. 
Yeah. Yes. Um, so yeah, it should be really, really nice, and uh, you know, get to hang out with your mates as well. It's only a one day event. Otherwise, we could have uh, could have all gone to the pub afterwards. Yeah, it's on a Sunday as well. Mm. So actually, do you know what? Everyone's going to pre be there the night before, so you probably could rock up the night before, get a hotel, and go to the pub with everyone. Indeed. Yeah, it's not too far away from me. It's only in Stourbridge, so it's um, it's not not a million miles away. Cool. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely uh, definitely be heading up. I've not got tickets yet, but I will be buying them very shortly. Um, so, <laughs> yes, yes, I will. Not shortly, shortly. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, the the DS two uh, has come out this uh, this week. I have not recorded yet for um, for this Friday's one, but I think it's going to be a shootout between the TC Bucket Brigade. And one of the tone prints on the flashback that emulates a Bucket Brigade sound. Okay. So that'd be interesting. TC versus TC. Indeed, yeah. Like it's so basically like the digital modelled version versus the actual analog beastie. Hmm. We'll, we'll see which one which one gets it. If I manage to get the the recording done of that one, it might be that I just chicken out and do a, a drive pedal shoot at it again. But who knows? Who knows? Um, so uh, as well as that this week, I've done a little bit of playing about with with the Bucket Brigade because I was kind of getting mentally prepared for what I'm going to record on the uh, the No Talk or Tone Versus. But I'm also gearing up to do some stuff for Pedal Boards of Do on the TC Bucket Brigade. That's coming out possibly. It's not going to come out this week. I, don't, I wouldn't have thought. But it'll be it'll be within maybe within another week. Cool. And uh, as a little kind of precursor to wet your whistle, um, if you have a look on my my socials, you'll notice that I opened up the back of the TC to uh, to reveal the secret trim pot. I say secret. It's got a like a giant piece of card on the back that says speed and almost like an arrow pointing to it, inviting you to, to turn it. I have a request of you. Okay. Every time you ask a question on your socials, I know the answer straight away. Can you step up your game, please? <laughs> uh, but the issue is I, I I did it the one time where I shared like a distorted, badly edited uh, picture and like cropped it really far in to see if anyone would get what the pedal was had absolutely no one it was just yeah, like I no i don't mean to like mess up the quality i just mean hard ask harder questions oh well we'll we'll see we'll see <laughs> <laughs> so so i've got i've got that going on this week lee 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 what what you been up to my man um I've been playing with my wonderful new amp. So I got the Jack from Victory. It finally arrived. Um, you got so the what? Sorry? I got the Jack. The Jack. The Jack. She got the Jack. So a bit of ACDC, that isn't it? It is indeed. Um, oh, I was, you probably couldn't hear, I was clicking my fingers along to you. Um, but yes, yes, I've got the Jack. <laughs> cool. Uh, so the Jack is what used to be. The Countess. The, the Countess, yeah. 
which is, was uh, Guthrie's signature, signature amp. Yeah. And this is the V4 version, so the pedal board platform. But it's the full amp, so you've yeah. got the valves in it, as we've discussed in depth before. Um, and obviously, I've got my board now, so that's two channels, whereas before I had the Duchess on there, which was single channel. Yeah. Um, so now I've got the option of uh, the jack in mono, two channels. I've got the Kraken in mono in two channels. And I've got four different possibilities of combinations of the two. Okay. And it sounds amazing. So just to just to remind us, the two channels of the jack are clean and dirty, obviously. Yeah, you... <laughs> <laughs> so but is uh, it like a it... like a fender and a marshall kind of No, Jobby. it's the clean is a very distinctive clean to it to its own um I don't know. It's, it doesn't sound like it's from a specific amp. It's kind of almost hi-fi like, but not in an unpleasant way. Yeah. And the distortion is high gain, but in a very different high gain to um, to the Kraken. The Kraken is fifty-one fifty inspired. Um, the high gain on it is Guffy Govan inspired. So whatever he was using at the time. Um, yeah. Because well, he went from cornford didn't he to to victory well, cornford is victory in all essence um okay because it because martin kid owned cornford okay with paul cornford and like they fell out he came away from it and then eventually started up victory yeah um so yeah it's uh hmm i i I think Guthrie was using some other bits and pieces as well, though. I don't yeah. know what else he was using. I do have a speculation of uh, what I think he was using, but if I say, I don't want to upset anyone because I know there's a lot of diehard Guthrie fans. Yeah. Um, so we'll just leave it at that. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's very nice, but it sounds so, so good paired with the... Um, with the with the Kraken, especially the clean, the, the hi-fi-ish clean crunch first channel paired with the Marshall channel on the um, on the Kraken, just sounds oh. spectacular. It really does. It's got clarity there, but it's got enough crunch to it to to sound like it's got a bit of character to it. Whereas the Dutch was a little bit too clean in that, so it almost felt like you had like a wet dry amp, even if the other one was even if the dry amp, if the Duchess was very wet, whereas the Duchess sounds amazing in mono. <laughs> um, <laughs> we are not referring to the royal family here. Um, so, yeah. Oh, shit, man. Like, you couldn't have chose a better better wording for that, could you? <laughs> I don't even do it intentionally, man. Oh, shame on me. Um, but i'm loving the combination and i've also decided that i'm going to shoot my uh demos in a slightly different manner which means that i had this big space on my board uh where i was going to put pedals that i was demoing and now i've realized that i can actually fill that space with a pedal and it's quite a large space as well because i left it quite large in case i went to put two pedals in in there um and I think I'm going to put a drive in there just so I've got um, just that extra flavour. Another um, drive pedal? 
Yeah, well, that that takes my eight different um, that takes my eight different flavors of drives and then times them by two. So now I've got sixteen flavors of drive. We're just putting a a tube screamer or a clon or whatever in the middle. Um, yeah, which probably would be a clon, although it might be a rat. I don't know because um, I do love the old rats. Um, probably be a siren scream to be honest. Oh yeah, know. it's really might, good. I that might, is. It is really, really good. Um, I might put two in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't bloody know. But, I, you know, all I know is I'm loving my board. It sounds amazing. And I'm I'm really, really happy with it. I'm happy with my YouTube setup. I just need to finish decorating the room, soundproofing the room, which is what I've been working on, and then get my computer set up, and then I'm ready to go. Yeah, cause oh, and got... cameras. So you were thinking of running uh, some of the wall of sound stuff, weren't you? And what, what's really nice about this is I can have my uh, amps running into the cabs behind me, and I can be playing them. But because they've got the built-in two-note stuff in the uh, in, in both of the amps, I can have them running straight out to the desk and record without having to worry about. Oh, hang on a minute! Is this going to pick up on my mic? Yeah. Um, or or anything along those lines, or you know, miking up the cabs and these sort of things, and having to worry about all sorts of issues with miking because they're going to be going out into <clears throat> into the uh, well, either using the two notes cabs that are built in, or wall of sound, or something like that, and in um in my PC. Indeed. But speaking oh. speaking of wall of sound, we've uh, mm. we've released a, a little demo on pedal boards of doing this week, haven't we? We have. Uh, good old Mikey got hold of a two notes cab M, and he has. You know, I've had a cab M for ages, and he's cab just blown M my plus. mind. Plus, cab M, well, actually, mine's a cab M. Indeed. Yeah. And before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, obviously you just update that with software, and it becomes Cab M Plus. Um, and yeah, he's just blown my mind with how he's used it. Yeah, there's there was some very very inventive ways of using it. I mean, he's he's done the standard stuff of like running, like running direct into it and using the the preamp and and looking at the different types of power amp that you can use and and whatnot. That was really cool. And then towards the end of the video. He used it in a completely like like a way that I wouldn't have even wouldn't have even thought. I'm not going to give away too much of it, but um, there was a moment where he's using it with a synth, and I just thought this is not gonna not gonna sound good, and actually, it sounded amazing. I mean, yeah, it was just like because he runs it bef- like dry, and then yeah. he runs it like a, a soggy duchess and um yeah it was just really nice really really good very yeah. he's, he's so clever he really is so bloody clever <laughs> he is yeah, yeah so we've uh we we dropped that that one this week haven't we? it's really a really cool video i would urge you to watch it because at the moment um the the views on it are quite low and i don't know why um people are afraid afraid of the tone so <laughs> yeah, so, and do you know what the Cab M's Plus is is really cheap as well, isn't it? 
Yes, yeah, it's um, it's cheaper than the modelling units that I um, I was looking at when I bought the HX Stomp because I considered the Cab M and I was like, no, I, I really need a preamp to go with it. And then, like two weeks later, they released the the update with the Plus. You bastards! Yeah, so we were we have some more very interesting information to discuss around two notes. However. It's stuff that you are going to really want to hear because it's stuff you're going to be able to get involved with um, because they have some really great software, which we're going to go into detail about, which they want you to beta test for them. Um, so we're going to have all the information about how you can do that. But first, I think we're going to hit you with a hot take. Yeah, let's do it. So uh, last week's hot take was not a hot take because we forgot because uh, it was the 250th episode special me and Matt decided it would be better better spent doing a segment that we won't ever do again. What was it? <laughs> I can't remember, I'll be honest. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it was 250 or 2 schmifty. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I, it I was, did see. Yeah, is it I did a, see that. Is it a Dodd 250? Is it £250? Or is it, is it from my mind's eye? Um, and Matt did really well at that, actually. Um, so, did did you just fart, Lee? Did you just fart? No, uh, no, no, no. So, the floor's on fire, mate. Uh, if, if, <laughs> it will be after that. Uh, so, we we forgot to, to mention the hot take from the week before. The week before one was, wood does not affect tone. Oh. Um, and crazy, 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 actually, is that 14 to 8 said... It's not as important as you think. So, actually, Josh won. I think so. That's that's a bit yeah. The the way you question, the way you answered the question on 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 the thing, I think it was given how it was going to come out because it was like one one was very polarized and the other was kind of generalized. So one was sitting in the middle, like on the middle ground, and the other one was really polarized. So it was kind of like it was a loaded question. It was like either it's everything, or eh, you know, it, it, it's not. It's don't, not as important. Don't as you, you bloody think. start, don't you? We had to add that chap a couple of weeks back. It was, it was saying the same thing. But you know what? No, no, he he wasn't saying that. He was he was. Um... He he was being an ass, but the, the way, <laughs> as, as soon as I saw the question, as soon as I saw the question, I was like, "Well, I know exactly how this is going to go." But there you go, and that's how it went. I, I thought I'd give Josh a chance, and it it paid off for him. This week's hot take is less of a hot take, more of a fact, but it is the hot take, the lukewarm hot take that strats are clearly the peak of guitar. They are clearly the peak of guitar. I'm gonna I'm gonna put guitar design for this. They are clearly the peak. Um, I mean, you're gonna have to justify it more than that. So, like the I I, I can justify, it, but you go first. So, the the strat, like since its inception, way back in the the fifties, was it? Was it earlier than that? Who knows? I don't think there's any way of finding out. There's not like a a worldwide 
thing yes, that we it could was act- the fifties that we can access like on it's it's much better just to argue about these things and not actually fact check uh so i mean, like, I mean you, you don't have to you don't have to do that it was the 50s it was famously the 50s you're the 50s man you weren't there uh so since its inception like back then it <laughs> it, <laughs> it has like every conceivable kind of musical development every conceivable um point in time where there has been a guitar featured in music there has been a strat i'm not saying it's like it's all to everyone but in every genre that i can think of in every point in time there has been a strat so like way way back in the day in the 50s all of the like the uh, uh, like the kind of rocker, um, like rock and roll kind of those kind of guys, like the British guys would all, all be like importing strats in, like like Hank Marvin and like Chuck Berry. Chuck, yeah, the Chuck Berry signature strat was <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but like like within that within that kind of that wheelhouse, the, the kind of rock and roll there was there were strats to be featured not always as heavily it was quite gibson uh gibson orientated but then you had like like the... buddy holly his, his strat tone was I- iconic yeah i mean the, the strat tones of the day were were iconic and then you went on you had kind of psychedelic uh like the psychedelic tones like cream and and whatnot there was a lot of um a lot of Gibson guitars like being featured with those guys, but then you had like Clapton from the seventies onwards played strats. You've got people like Richie Blackmore who played strats for um for like your quote unquote heavy metal kind of classic rock kind of stuff. Oh, it was uh, heavy metal at the time, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It, look, that that was what was considered heavy metal at the time, but by today's well, standards, not. But we've got to also think, you know, Clapton famously uses SG. And also, if we're looking at heavy metal, the iconic heavy metal band who is heavy metal, who is Black Sabbath, was an SG as well. He played a strat on the, on the first record. Did he? He did, yeah. Until he got the uh, the Jade Custom, he was playing a he was playing a Strat because he was a big fan of Buddy Holly, believe it or not. Um, so, That's I mean, mine, even actually. even like oh. the iconic, um, iconic tones of of like heavy metal back in the day. I mean, but then you had like 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 I say, Deep Purple. You had Jimi Hendrix who was doing the kind of psychedelic stuff. Um, you got. Uh, like if you go to the eighties, where like the grandpa guitars were were being phased out and being laughed at, even then, like the the iconic shape then was the super strat. It wasn't the super Les Paul or the super Telly. It was the super strat, and even but even, that's because the Les Paul was still being used. Mm, not really. It was. it was. It absolutely was. Slash. Uh, just pick that up. Slash. Yeah, but that that was like he weren't shred era. He was like the arse end of that. He Fuck was off. 
<laughs> you fuck off. Slash will sh- shred circles around like but he wanted most like, people. Guns and Roses weren't a fucking shred bands. Don't be ridiculous. No, um, but Slash can definitely shred. I'm, I'm not. I'm like irrespective of whether he can. The music that he was playing wasn't the like wanky shred stuff of the eighties. However, who was was Malmsteen, who was using fucking vintage strats. Mm, okay. So, like, even like he's about uh, the only one who was using vintage. But it was still there. The I'm not saying I'm not saying it's everything to everyone. I'm not saying that the strat is everything to everyone, but it was the peak of guitar design because at every given point in history, through all the genres you can think of, there was strat or kind of at very least strat adjacent tones like um like Steve Stevens. Some of the country guys as well, like playing like the two and four positions of strats like um Albert Lee. I know he's got a now that guy play he can yeah and he plays what is essentially a strat he plays the the ernie ball basically weird pointy strat thing um i I think you give him a bit of string on a bit of cardboard and he shred it oh yeah no doubt he's just one of those but iconic he's got the strats weird people he is you talk unbelievable Kind of through the eighties, like any of the blues guys, like Robert Cray, like Stevie Ray Vaughan, Strat guys, playing Strats, all the way up to modern day, John Mayer, who is like arguably the last. I mean, you you can you can try and purport that he's a bit of a wanker, and yes, like his personal life wouldn't 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 say <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't defend him, but I don't know anything about his personal life. I do know, however, that. Nothing sends me to like sleep quicker than talking about John Mayer. But like he's heralded as kind of the the last of the guitar heroes. Which and really is is so horrible. It's maybe last of the blues dad heroes, yeah. Yeah, I mean if you talk blues dad heroes, Bonamassa, you talk um John Mayer. John Mayer was using uh uh, a Fender Strat, and now he's using a PRS Strat. Mm. <laughs> yeah. um, and Joe Bonamassa has been—he's been playing Strat since since the early days. I know he's he's more um, more like seen with Gibson guitars. There's by, there's, a, by a large amount. But you you watch any of the iconic uh, Bonamassa perform, uh, performances uh, live at the Royal Albert Hall, uh, Rock Plast. Like any of the like the the big ones, if you listen to any of the albums that Joe Bonamassa did back when he was not churning out the same album again and again and again, the Strat tones on it. So Strats are enduring. Strats are iconic. Strats are the peak of guitar design. I mean, Gary Moore would say otherwise. I think Gary but... Moore played a Strat. But famously, he famously played a, played a Les Paul, but he he had a absolutely beautiful, like faded red, Fiesta red strap. Yeah, I bet he did as well. He did, and like in the eighties as well, he played super strats, didn't he? He played uh, like Jacksons and uh, Washburns as well. Super strats, not super tellies, not super Les Pauls. Super so more fucking strats. Les Pauls are. 
pretty much super on their own. They don't peak, need to be upgraded. Peak of design. Yeah. Uh, whereas with um, strats, they, they kind of need to be upgraded to be super. It, it stands that there is a super version of them that by definition means that the previous version was not the peak. You know, I, I can still go a strat. on. But... It's still a <laughs> strat. Um, you also got people like Jim Root as well, who have got you do strat shapes. But... Like talking the most brutal and extreme. Uh, anyways, hardly hardly the most brutal or extreme metal, but it's it's pretty fucking far gone in terms of what the strat was originally designed to do. Yeah, I mean, you change something like it's a bit like Trigger's Broom, isn't it? How much of it do you need to change before it is no longer what it originally was? It's the peak of design, isn't it? And I mean, like, are, the... are you going to take a Strandberg right fender and strat on it and say, okay, yeah, strat is still brilliant? Because like, it's not the same thing. Like the the modular design to it, the fact that all of the pickups mounted to the pick guard, which means that you can just kind of tear that bit out if you wanted to change something about it is fucking genius have you ever tried changing the pickups in a telecaster it's fucking <laughs> horrible you have to take the bridge off to get to it mm. like with the les paul you have to like feed it through a weird little channel. cavity yeah like a channel to get the to get or like all the electronics at the right place don't even get me started on trying to wire up a semi-hollow fuck me that's <laughs> It's just not worth it. Just stick with the pickups you got. All right. Okay. So, like, in terms of uh, guitar design, um, I would argue this point, and I know this isn't going to win the audience over, but this is my my experience from the last few months. I have had to stop playing my Strandberg that I've borrowed from work. No, I've had to stop playing it. And the reason I've had to stop playing it is that it's so easy to play. It's so beautiful to play. It almost feels like I'm on cruise control and I'm playing it in terms of like, it takes away any, any barriers and I'm just able to just go all over the neck, do exactly what I want. No matter if I'm standing, I'm sitting, I could be wanking, whatever I want. And I can get, all over this board, all over this fretboard, and it is just amazing. The body, just because of where all the cuts are, they look like they're done to make it like a design thing to make it look like almost like BC Richway. But then you realize when you start using it that those cuts sit perfectly on like your leg to hold it at a perfect angle when you're sitting down so you can get all over it or you know when you stand up it's everything's out of the way just everything like the jack position is really nicely tucked in away so like it it feels like it makes you almost go through the um through where the strap is so you actually put it in properly you know like so you don't pull it out um there is so much about it that I've had to stop playing it because it's made all my other guitars feel like shit. And I'll give you an example because we've probably all done this. You know when you've been playing bass for a little while and then you go back to a guitar 
and suddenly you feel like, oh, this is so easy to play. It's like the absolute opposite of that. It's It makes... So, yeah, the Strandberg makes all my other guitars feel like basses. But does, uh, it, ha- does it have that pedigree? Is it on... Oh, we weren't talking about pedigree. You weren't. It- you weren't saying uh, the Strat has the best pedigree of all time. You said it is the pinnacle of design. Yeah, I yeah. Say, sir, no. I say the pinnacle of guitar design is that Strandberg. Well, if it if it was the pinnacle of uh, pinnacle of modern design, like the modern guitar design, it would be unanimously decided that that is the guitar going forward, and that's it would not, be on. That's not true. That's because human beings being human beings we voted for boris johnson you ain't tiring we, me with that brush my friend you ain't tiring me with that brush exactly but you know yeah, but most people obviously that's how he got through voted for boris johnson and we ended up with it america voted for donald trump at some point right we cannot judge how good something is because of how popular something is um, it's been out for a much shorter period of time. It so it has, ha- and if it but... came out when the Strat came out, uh, you know, and everyone had them started equally at the same time, and it wasn't this old. Like if Boomers had the started with that as an option, then I think it would have won. Oh, but... absolutely not, because yeah, it looks fugly as where the the Strat looks like an instrument. That has the curves of a 50s car, and it does look beautiful. Indeed. And that's part of what makes you play it, part of what makes you reach for it. You don't go, oh, my God, that's ergonomic as fuck. I'm going to pick that right up. You look at your guitar and think, that looks... like The the sleek curves of that makes me want to pick it up. It looks good. Because it looks good, I want to play it. Because I want to play it. We're not arguing about what looks best. That's part of the design, my friend. That is part of the design. All right, okay. All right, okay. Aesthetics is part of design. I like the way the the Strandbergs look, especially the Salem one. That that looks... um, I I think that looks better, but in terms of design, I think the the Bowden is is probably better in terms of it, but the Salem looks looks a little bit more sleek. Um, Looks more kind of guitar-y. Yeah, but I'm. I've, I've had to put it down because I know I can't afford to buy a Strandberg. I also really love my guitars, and yeah, you don't want to end up having to sell all of your guitars for one. Just sell. It wouldn't be a case of selling all my guitars for one. It'd be a case of just not playing my other guitars. Yeah, because it does everything. It sounds great. It, yeah, it sounds absolutely fantastic, but. I sound fantastic on it. I sound I sound like twice to three times the player I am when I'm on the Strandberg. So it's a fucking miracle worker then. Yeah, it's it's amazing, mate. I'm I'm just so blown away by it. But I think Les Pauls um in general are better than Strats. I, I prefer humbuckers over Strats. I think that's a personal opinion. Um I, I think when it comes down to covering more genres, I think the Strat's got it. I think the Strat's got it covered. But then I think probably PRS does that as well. 
Mm, no, uh, lot the the PRS are neatly within a, a pocket. There's a very specific player who plays a PRS, and it like they are quite versatile. They're they're more versatile than a Les Paul, uh, and I think that's where they've kind of uh, like dug out their corner of the market. Is that it's a Les Paul that does more. Oh yeah, I think the people I see normally, people who aren't like blues lawyers and these sort of dentists sort of uh, stereotypes who I see with with um, PRSs are usually session musicians. Yeah, yeah. So, like, it does it does the Les Paul thing. Yeah, and and that's the thing that the Strat doesn't do. It doesn't do like the big brush, um, like thick. Humbucker tone because strat well look your standard strat doesn't but it the bridge position of a strat does a very convincing rock tone it's got a very distinct like bite to it um which can it can be used for that but then can also do the funk stuff with the the split positions and the it can do blues with the neck position it can do the there's like so much that it can do but anyway that's that's kind of where we're going to end the hot take for this week and we're going to leave it up to you the audience to make your decision you choose the one that you think is right or the one that you think was argued by lee in the poll no we're not we're not going to say do you think the strat is the pinnacle of guitar or is it the strandberg we need to agree how we're going to ask this question (laughs) We can we can agree on that after the show. I don't want it to be loaded. <laughs> oh dear. I, I think okay. we should. I think it should literally be: Is the Strat the pinnacle of guitar design? Yes or no? Yeah, of course it is. I'm not a fool, or I agree with Lee. It's going to be. The... <laughs> uh, but we've 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 got quite a bit to to catch up on this week. We're going to put a poll in the uh, Fret Talk podcast Rounds. group. We're going to put a flag on it. Oh, sorry. You I've can got, put, it wrong. A, try and put a flag on it. I think it gives me the option to put images on the <laughs> on the poll options. So I might, I might do one, which is just a flag. Do you um, know what? I actually have a huge flagpole in my garden. <laughs> it's nice. just here when we moved in. I'm so tempted to put, you know, my pedal boards of doom banner that I usually have yeah. behind me. I'm really tempted to hook it up and put it up there. See the good ship pedal boards of doom. <laughs> but anyway, we've got some we've got some news this week because we're kind of pre Nam 2022, aren't we? Yeah, yeah, I did a really in-depth um, news video on that last week. Uh, not putting any news out this week because <laughs> I covered it all last week. Um, um, but yeah, it, um, so we'll go over it today. But if you want a, a bit more of, of an in-depth and maybe stuff we're not covering, have a check out of that. I'll tell you what I do want a, a bit on, which you definitely didn't cover last time. This yeah. two notes, Lark, that you were just talking about before the hot take. Ooh, sir. Okay, let's have a... Yeah, tell me more. I'm interested. Yeah, All right, okay. So, Wall of Sound is a um, bit of software on your computer which you can use as a, a plugin, which will allow you to use your um, Two Notes cabs that you might be using on something like a Cab M+, like with Mikey demoed, or something like Capture X. 
and yeah. you can go on there and you can move your cabs around and these sort of things. Now they added some more stuff to that um, a couple of years ago, which gave you the ability to add um, amps to it and that sort of thing. I think that was just on the torpedo software though so that was for the cab m so you could add like your cabs you could swap the tubes in and out sorry amps. no you, you can could... you can do that on uh wall of sound you cause... can right yeah okay there was I... there was definitely like a preamp preamp option on it because i've used that before Perfect. to add preamp saturation on top of a uh... sorry log power amp saturation on top of preamps that i already that i was already using cool and that's the one that allows you to swap the tubes in and out and stuff like that Yes, I believe so. Right. I believe there was a way in uh, the LA studio section of it. Groovy. Uh, um, then they added some things like uh, studio uh, reverbs and bits and pieces like that. And it, and it was really, really great. Um, I use it a lot. Um, you, you use it quite often? Uh, not so much anymore since I got the, uh, the stomp because it does, like I can do everything within that. Before I was using that, I was using preamp pedals into my mixer and then in my DAW running wall of sound to do all of the IR stuff because the like you said the IRs that they use they're not like standard IRs where you get like a specific imprint of one like you get a snapshot of a mic in a certain position on a certain amp at a certain time of day under a certain condition the the diner IRs which they call them you can move about in real time, you can move about the position of the mic, like the how on or off axis it is, and how far away or close to the speaker it is as well. Yeah, so, I think two notes say that each of their Dynars um, are equivalent to one hundred sixty thousand studio guy uh, studio grade IR files. Yeah, and basically and, uh, by changing the different parameters, like you can mic the back of the cabs, for instance. And, and so on and so forth. By changing it all around, you get so much from it. Yeah. It's a similar sort of idea to how we do it at Timepedia, where we we real capture, we in real life capture the different uh, settings. And, you know, we've we've got pedals that have got 20,000, 30,000, 50,000, you know, recordings on them. You know, Two Notes are doing a similar sort of thing where they're, they're spending a long time capturing each cab and then giving you the ability to replicate that yeah so that was the uh the old wall of sound I say the old the like the the wall of sound um plugin that, that you could have for um for your daw yeah now that's free you can go yeah. and get that it comes with four cabs i think on it uh they're good yeah. cabs as well i think it's got like a, a or 12 with greenbacks on it so you can get that classic marshall sort of sound um anyway that is fantastic now they've released umpteen versions so i think they're on like version five of that where they've upgraded it significantly now today they have announced genome now genome is taking everything to the next level this is going a lot closer to sort of helix so they're given access to delays and other stomp boxes, I think, will, are supposed to be coming along later. Um, and then they're going to start adding amps and these sort of things to it. So um, it's going to be more of a full package. So it's not just going to be the, the Dino IRs. It's going to be like the whole shebang. And it's going to come in 
you can use it in two different ways. You can use it in a plugin, a la how you would um, wall of sound. Or you can use yeah. it as a standalone. You can run your signal into it. So the idea being you can run your amp through a captor, like in, then straight into your mixer, run it into that and run the cabs. Or if you're using um, your own, like if you've got Helix Native or something like that, you can run that and the cabs and you can run that straight into it. Um, and it's going to be pretty, pretty impressive, really. Um, coming from two notes, it's going to be very, very, very high quality. Yeah, so it's, from from what I've seen, because I've, I've only seen like what they've, uh, like the marketing materials that they've released today, it looks like it gives you uh, like two strips of like basically like a dual channel setup and each of the blocks within these channels you can either use as an effect you can use as one of those diner ir um blocks or you can use a uh like a send in so you could uh like like you say use a send in where you're sending in um a preamp that you're you're using like your captor to go through or like a preamp pedal you're um like rooting through into this so it's almost it's almost like an uh, like an hx effect with wall of sound added into it within your daw think think of it like a pre door because you've got eight independent channels on it I know yeah. I'm holding up five fingers. That's because my other hand is on my mouse. <laughs> but you've got eight different independent channels on it. Now, those independent channels can then run out to however many different independent channels you want on your door. So you can send straight out, say, channel four, and then you can run that into, say, channels one, two, and three. So if you want that same cab on three different guitars or that same effects chain that you've done in the genome on running then into channels one, two, and three, you can do that. Um, so you can do it like that, or you can just like run one into one, two into two, three into three, and so on and so forth. So you could run, say for argument's sake, you, you did a very elaborate effects chain on channel one of the genome. You could run that into the first five channels of your um of your door is say they're all different guitars then you added something that was to say a light reverb and a, a very sharp delay uh, that you wanted to um like a slapback delay or something very very subtle one that you wanted to just put on all of the drums you could then run that onto all of the drums and then say you had a different cab that you wanted for the bass and you only had the bass on one channel you could just run channel three from genome onto whatever on the channel it is on the door so it's very clever uh, in uh, basically instead of having to run a separate instance of genome as a plugin on every channel on your door which will use up loads of your gpu loads of ram and so on and so forth yeah. you're actually using one instance of genome and you're yeah. basically able to spread that out throughout your door. Yeah, almost like like back in the day where they had like outboard effects, like rack effects. 
Exactly. And you could you could patch all of the channels that you wanted to going into those effects. Yes, buses like basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But like in like a DAW version, it's nice that they've done it that way. That you you only have to one run it uh, run one instance of it, rather than running multiple instances to get like multiple um, like different strips of effect. Because like you say, like running something that can do hundreds of things to do like three effects, you're still running those hundreds of things. And it will it will soak up your uh, your processing power on your your computer like immensely. Yeah, and what you're doing is kind of like you're creating a, a sound that you like, and then you're just sharing it. Yeah, yeah, cool. Uh, the um, the the other thing we've got to consider is this has a fantastic feature where you can download or or I should say you can upload from it the IRs made from your favorite dyn irs to your favorite ir loaders so you and i both have the tc ir loader yeah impulse yeah which is, is a great bit of kit we can now get the two notes tones on that yeah we can get it on the helix so you can they'll upload that using this software onto your helix i can upload it onto my um my gt core it can be uploaded onto Josh's um, uh, Cortex, yeah, QC. Um, all of these sort of things. Now, I think this is unbelievably powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that um, feature in and of itself is something that has always lacked a little bit with the two-note stuff. Two-notes thus far has, has always been a little bit like Apple, where as long as you're using two notes, like all two notes stuff, it's all compatible with itself. So if you've got a sound on wall of sound that you really liked, and you moved like you wanted to move that over to like a, a Captor X or a Cab M or whatever, it would be really easy to transfer it over. But because it's not a an an, an IR uh, file. You then can't transfer it over to those other things. You know, you this can kind do of victory amps because I mean the, got the two note stuff in, and Indeed. I guess the rev amps as well. Yep, uh, I think there's Laney stuff as well, which is two notes. Could be as well, um, but as long as you're part of that ecosystem, you can like you can share those those IRs and get those those tones that you've dialed in. If you're not and this is where I stopped using the uh, wall of sound because I then moved over to the Helix stuff because I didn't have that way of transferring the IRs, which I thought sounded better in wall of sound. I then started using the the inbuilt cab sims and I started using IRs with, uh, with Helix. But now that I've got that option of taking like a snapshot of an IR and using that with whatever um whatever i'm using like helix native or uh with my um stump sorry my hx stump i will be using those i I definitely will yeah yeah me too i'm going to be uploading on to all all the different bits and pieces it's pretty damn cool isn't it yeah oh definitely i'm really excited about this one i was reading about it this morning um i was like messaging my friends over to notes going oh my god this is so cool 
yeah, they did I think... send it to me a couple of days ago, but I had to boost the shot and I was ill. So I only just read it this morning. I was like... <gasps> Indeed. Yeah, so um, I think like even just looking at the, the marketing stuff at the moment, it's just scratching the surface of what it might be able to do. So what we're going to do is as soon as we get the ability to on the um on the the, the beta program we're going to have a look at doing some like actual real life um run throughs and demos use like of what this thing can do yeah so, so that, definitely. that's the thing isn't it it's beta at the moment so yeah. uh, and this is what they want your help with they want they want you to go through and uh sign up to it so if you go to the two notes website there'll be a stuff about this and there'll obviously be stuff about the revolt pedals as well that they brought out which i've covered in the news video if you want to see about them they are, they look amazing so they're just uh they're like three different overdrives but they are all in one pedal and they have a a, a tube in there which is an x7 a 12 x7 yeah, we, obviously we talked about them last week groovy groovy um <laughs> Um, yeah, so they they look great. Um, but on there, you've got that, and it says also genome. Click where it says that to read more, and scroll pretty much most of the way down to, uh, and then on near the bottom, you have um, a little orange box, and it says sign up for the beta. Yeah, once this podcast's over, I'll, I'm definitely going to be doing that. Cool, groovy. Um, it says that this price is going to be starting at twenty nine ninety nine. Um, that's euros or dollars. Um, so you know, I think for what it is, it's it's very well priced. I know, I think Helix Native is a lot more than that. Yeah, I paid something like eighty quid for it, um, mm. and that's because I've got uh, an HX. Stomp. I think as standard, it's somewhere close to about two hundred for Helix Native. I don't know if you have to pay for the beta. Uh, um, maybe you do, maybe you don't. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, Two notes. Sure, I can. Two notes. <laughs> yeah, but um, right. yeah. But as soon as uh, we, as soon as we're, because um, obviously they don't want us sh- uh, filming it and showing it to you in a, uh, uh, I don't yeah. want to say unfinished state, but a state where. Um, yeah, I mean, beta is still unfinished. It's still working out the kinks. Yeah, exactly. But, but at we... some point, I'll get permission. I have, I have said to them, I'm going to want to do that. And so they are going to um, be letting us know as soon as we can do it, we will. Absolutely, right. We're gonna we're gonna bust through this uh, this news a little bit quickly here because we've got a few, a few things. Um, but yeah, so um, Guild have released a new guitar. Which, like, who would have thought? Who would have thought that Guild would release a new guitar? I mean, I haven't thought about Guild in a long time. <laughs> Yeah, the last guild that I saw was a really nice guild acoustic, um, mm. and it was it was really nice. But I don't care about acoustics. Um, so the they've released an electric guitar called the Surfliner, which is essentially a a like mini HSS offset strati kind of thing. So I it's kind of like this. it looks really nice actually. So it's it's been polarizing. I shared it on my Insta today, and a few people were like, "Yes, that is amazing. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be putting some money down on that." A few people have been saying, "I'm not, not sure. I think I'm in that camp." 
because there's something that's just a little bit uncanny valley about it. But <laughs> two thousand CG movies. Yeah, yeah, there's a little bit kind of um oh what's that? Tom Hanks won the Polar Express. There's oh, something yeah. a, a bit Polar Express about it. Um, <laughs> have you watched the new Chippendale movie? I have not, no. Oh my god. Yeah, they they referenced Young Cali and Cunny Valley and Polar Express. That oh, you've got to watch it. Anyone listening, go and watch it because it is so much fun. It is oh. made for us. It's made for our age. Okay, uh, okay. It's it's so good. So the the um, aside from the kind of Uncanny Valley thing, uh, I think it was uh, John John Boy who had posted on my um, Facebook. I think he he did it on and said. It's just it's better than like yet another um like strat copy just being churned out with like another oh this is this is our take on the strat or this is our take on a quote unquote single cut or this is a telly or or whatever. It's something new, it's something a little bit a little bit different. And even though it's not quite scratching my itch, I'm I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. One thing I'm I'm a bit not okay with is the free switches on it. So you've got free switches near the top. They're at an yeah. angle on the um on the scratch plate. And that I'm guessing they switch on and off different pickups. Um they are pretty much the same sort of on off button that you get on the back of your PC. Okay. Uh, um so a bit weird. <laughs> Apparently, like with these uh, the three pickups, so you've got two Diamonds Aerosonic single coils and a Guild Little Booker. So between these these three things, like these three pickups, you can get seven different tone combinations using those switches. Okay. Which is pretty cool. Um, it reminds me a little bit of the uh, Ibanez Jet King, which is... Very much a guitar that I would, I would like to get on board with. They don't do them anymore, but I would very much like an Arbadez Jet King. So, like those those three little switches get a big yes from me. The pickups look a bit like Burns Trisonics, which yeah. gets a big yes from me. Um, it's, I think it's the pick guard. I think that's the thing that's not getting me. But there we go. It it's for someone and. They are so uh, offset poplar body, satin maple finished neck, string through body. So it doesn't have a like a stop tail, but it does have a Gibson style bridge, uh, like the tunematic. Yeah, the three by three tunematic saddle bridge. Um, they're coming in at four four nine dollars. That's pretty good. Mm. I'm cool with that. That's the right price because unlike. Fender did with the Meteora. They started off kind of... They started off in the Paranormal series, didn't they? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then came down to, like, American and then went Mexican. I think... Oh, I'm going to get one of them. What, the Paranormal... The Meteora? Or yeah, one of these what, stuff? I, yeah, I'm going to go get one of them. I, I don't know when, but I'm going to get one of it. I really like them a lot. It reminds me a bit of the um, the Obedez Fireman. I'll be honest, but hey, mm. whatever. Uh, so that there's that. 
Um, Soldano. Soldano oh, are, are, yeah, they're releasing the Mini Super Lead Overdrive, which is based on the 100 watt Super Lead Overdrive head that Eric Clapton used to use. Um, it's like released in 1987. So those classic Eric Clapton tones. <laughs> what was Eric Clapton doing at? In 1987, probably. I think I he wrote a song about it. Wonderful tonight, <laughs> something like that. You get those classic "Wonderful Tonight" tones. Um, no cocaine. Yeah, that was much earlier than that. That was. No, but that's probably what he was doing in '87. I mean, yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, crunch. Crunch Overdrive, it's got like a switch between Crunch and Overdrive. It's got a switch between Normal and Deep. It's three-band EQ. It's got Presence, Gain, and Master uh, master Volume as well. 30 watts, but it's going to be 30 watts of Class D um, power ramp, isn't it? So it's a backup. It's not going to be your your gigging head. But it's it's along the same kind of lines as the Freedman and the... Oh, what else has come out? The mini ones. I think did they do a di- diesel one? Diesel, yes, of course it was. Yeah. So look quite a few companies are doing these. This it's, is two nine nine. Two nine nine dollars. It's because they're all um owned by the same company. Uh, what well, I say all owned by the same company. They all uh work with uh, vintage amp distribution. So they're all gonna be yeah. the same thing, but they're gonna be going through uh, obviously voice differently. Yeah, yeah. So if you if you ever wanted a Soldano but didn't want to pay the uh, the ridiculous boutique amp prices, there's your there's your go. And you know then who f- has one of those um, one of those mini amps? Ah, Josh. Ah, oh, Josh. Yeah. Ah, Josh he really likes it. <laughs> yeah, he likes it so much that he's plugged it in twice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so our final bit is. It's not a not an official announcement, but I think it's been it's been confirmed. Uh, Kirk Hammett was being seen playing a prototype for a new Gibson Modern. So the Modern was a, a shape way back in the day. I think like seventies shape um, was not very well received because it's ugly as fuck. Um, but yeah, that's the one. So Modern. That's that's the picture. Yeah, kind of flying like, V with a cutaway, which half flying V, half explorer. I'd I'd say is is the modern. Mm. It's not it's not as ugly as the Corvus, but it's still it's still not a not an iconic looking guitar. Uh, but there's been a little bit of resurgence, a little bit of popularity. Um, so Gibson, the brand president, Caesar. Guy 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 Kean, we'll say that Caesar Guy Kean has hmm. confirmed that they are going to be releasing the modern. Now, whether it will be a like limited custom shop run, whether it will be back in their their standard line, who knows? But it's coming back. So, what guitar shapes do you think should come back? What what guitar shapes have gone into the ether of time that you think should come back, Lee? The Star Trek badge. <sighs> the Randy Rhodes, the original uh, Randy Rhodes. 
No, this uh, did Randy play one of these? Yeah, yeah. Did he? I, I, I thought he. No, no, I'm sh- no. I don't think it was. This was what Randy played. This is um, it's a different thing. Um, uh, go on. I'm quite um. I saw a mate play a Vox teardrop once, and I really like that. And I know Vox have bought that back. Uh, it's they they did they bought back like a short scale version of it though. Short scale, did they? Yeah, yeah, like literally about three or three or so months ago. How to make okay. a, a yeah an un- yeah, that, unpopular that, guitar the red, more unpopular? That red one, I think, is one of the newer ones. Yeah, oh, that's a shame that they did like that. It does look yeah, they very much like a paddle, doesn't it? <laughs> it does, yeah. Yeah, uh, but um, Ben Jones, you should go check him out. He does like really lovely psychedelic um, 60s style music. He's so good. He really is absolutely so talented. Um, he, he lives over in, I think, Tennessee now, but he was a friend from Kent. Um in England, um, but yeah, he, he he used to play one of these, and it was just amazing. A proper sixties one, worth a bomb. No, nice. um, look, Bowie played one, played twelve string one, wonderful. Yeah, great. Um, so, what, what about you? What would you like to see? Oh, oh, like aside from the Ibanez Jet King, I'd like to see them come back. I'd like to see the Ibanez V Blade come back as well, which is like a, a metal. Flying V. Um, also, just like any Flying V from Ibanez. They did like Lawsuit Era ones. I want to see some of them. Uh, I just, I want to see a lot of Ibanez guitars, I'll be honest. I, I want to see guitars using the Strandberg neck profile on guitars that I'm familiar with. <laughs> so that you can <laughs> maybe just get uh, get someone to carve the Strandberg neck profile into the guitars you've already got. <laughs> God, can you imagine up my custom? <laughs> <laughs> How to devalue your custom, yeah. Oh my God. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 I'd love it if um, Strandberg and Gibson worked together and just produced like this just wonderful Les Paul that just like I could shred all over. It would be amazing. Yeah, like an Access Plus or something. Yeah. Oh God. Do you, can you imagine how much that would piss people off? Oh, I mean, I'm seething just thinking about it, and, <laughs> and, and I've not got a horse in this race. I'll be honest. How right, much so... does Bowie look like your auntie? <laughs> not, not your auntie specifically, but someone's auntie in that picture. I mean, he's he's got a strong kind of. She looks like, like she just found, found you in the cookie jar, doesn't she? Right, so it's uh, it's the end of the podcast anyway. We've got to got to end it. And um, before I do our Patreon shout out, I'm gonna give a little obituary to my. Uh, you can you can hear it here. Let's have a. I mean that's that's really not loud paper. That is it. There we go. There we go. Bit of uh, bit of ASMR. This is the the notebook that I have been using since episode one sixteen of the podcast. We are now on. 251 so this has been going for quite a while and it is the last page today so i'm gonna to have to use a new notebook so rest in peace my old friend you have served us well i think there's more than one piece going on there mate 
<laughs> Old piece, you. That, uh, uh, that so, notebook is an amputee for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's it's seen better days. I'll be I'll be frank about that. Um, but we we give a shout out to our Patreon backers who are just better than regular people. I I don't make the rules up. They are just better. Yeah, and uh, if, you, if you as... want to support us, you know, you can join them. It doesn't cost much and it means the world to us. Just just to join at the, the minimum rank and just get those names up because, well, we love you all very dearly and we, you know, share the love back with us. I'll say yeah, that sincerely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, like the the two dollar two dollar tier is our, our minimum and it's it's not a great deal a month. Um, but it, we do like we wholeheartedly appreciate it, and it goes to the good of running the podcast, and just it just shows shows us that there are people out there who who do care, which is really nice. So as little as two dollars a month, you can be join joining onto this list of people. They are as follows: We've got Mr. Andrew Bimson, Mr. Adam Yeomans, Mr. Doug Christ of Thirty Seven Effects of Masters of the Cinematic Universe, and the Just Surprise Me podcast. We have got. Mr. Hugh G-Rection. We have got Mr. Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups. And we've got Mr. Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks podcast and and of the Second Button podcast. Um, all of the podcasts mentioned are absolutely exquisite, so please take a listen. Um, if you want to catch me online, I am Mr. Budget Pedal Chop. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. YouTube is the home to the No Talk All Tones series and the No Talk All Tones Versus series. And Mr. Lee, we can find you where? You can find me on Facebook, on our Facebook group, on our Facebook page. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on YouTube. We've got a wonderful YouTube channel with Mr. Budget Pedal Chat, with Oh My Gosh, It's Josh, with Mikey, with me doing the news roughly weekly. No news this week, <laughs> sorry. Um, and um, yeah, um, you can also just friend me on Facebook. I've got a lot of friends on there and I do make funny posts and comments quite regularly. Indeed. And that's all, <laughs> all, all apart from your personal one, it's all pedal boards of doom, isn't it? Now? Yeah, yeah, it's all pedal boards of doom. And um, yeah, uh, you know, pedal boards of doom is the biggest pedal related uh, social gathering of idiots in the world. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's what it's over 70,000 now, is it? Uh, just off eighty thousand. Uh, I think I looked today, and I think we we're at seventy nine point four. Nice. Well, there you go. So definitely over seventy thousand. Mm. So from myself, Mister Budget Pedal Chap, from Lee, Padabada Babada Babada Doo. Stay tuned for the Stay joke. It will be a tatty boy and good night this week. kind of fee does the Queen of England charge when she knights someone? I don't know. What kind of fee does the Queen of England charge when she knights someone? A surcharge. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, that one's good.
Uh, yes, happy jubilee. 